Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. E-Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real-time compartment mismatch detection, product-specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. Today, we are joined by Jim Rice, president of Uptake. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks, Mary. Glad to be here. I am pretty excited about this. This is something that I think not a lot of people think about, especially when it comes to cold chain, you know, that predictive maintenance and everything like that and kind of how it really does help reduce spoilage. Uh, before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you and how you started Uptake. Yeah. So I joined Uptake about 18 months ago. Um, I've been in the telematics software space for the better part of 20 years. If I, if I look back, we were the very first thing I was doing was putting a cell phone into a lockbox putting that into a car and do the cigarette lighter. And that was GPS back in the day. So that was the early 2000s. Um, since then, I've been on the safety side with cameras, ELDs, engine diagnostics, and then moved, made the move last year over to uptake. I've been thrilled with it and, you know, some new technology that's really cutting edge that I, that I you know, like to chase and then throughout my career is bring some, some new stuff to the forum. I absolutely love that. You just kind of kept, you know, advancing and moving on with the technology that's there. Um, or as it kind of comes out. Also, a lockbox with a cell phone in it. That is a little bit genius to get the GPS down for something. Um, that's some creative thinking for sure. Yeah, it was, it was. That was back at Nextel. We were doing something called At Road. We'd take the cheap 99 cent phones and put them in. And that we were off and running and we were selling GPS back back before you could barely spell GPS. So it was, it was good. Hey, you know, whatever works to get the job done. Um, so going back to the predictive maintenance and everything like that, um, can you kind of explain the core principles and benefits of predictive maintenance um, in technology and kind of how it is super crucial and important when it comes to, you know, the transportation and logistics world? Yeah, sure. So predictive maintenance is fairly new. Um, the technology is, you know, a few years old, uh, but really kind of coming to the forefront now with, with more and more exposure. But the, the core principle is to take the data that's coming off the, the vehicles today um, and do a little bit something different with it outside of what has historically been the maintenance uh, practice, which is preventative maintenance, right? If you if you think, and a lot of people, you know, combine the two, but preventative maintenance has been around for a while. It's the OEM-based recommendations. You got to change your oil at every 10,000 miles. You got to rotate your tires. Those are the traditional ways that people have set apart their maintenance programs. Individual companies will will pivot on that and make their own adjustments, but it's still the core principle. It's like, hey, I'm supposed to do this because someone told me to do this. Now, what predictive maintenance does is takes that same data points, looks at historical information at the asset level, not even just the recommendation like, hey, this truck should have a, you know, oil change here. This is actually taking the assets information based on sensor and fault code data and engine data and saying, hey, 
this is the recommended plan of action for this truck. You may not think that it needs to happen for another six weeks. I'm telling you, it needs to happen now. And then there's the reverse case where people are doing stuff just because they were told to, but it doesn't need to happen, right? And so it goes both ways. It really allows people to prioritize the maintenance um, and do the right maintenance on the right vehicles at the right time. That's critical. That has to be really, really helpful because, you know, I get my car changed. I get my oil changed every, you know, three to four months or every 5,000 miles. And, uh, but truck drivers will literally drive like 5,000 miles in like two, like not two days, but like, you know, a week. So they could, they get their oil changed much more often, but they don't need just like, you know, a bottle from O'Reilly's. They need like a whole big thing and it takes many hours to get their oil changed. So I feel like, if they can in any way, shape, or form push that where they're not spending as much money on maintenance and they don't have as much downtime for, you know, their their vehicles. And if they can, you know, plan around it where if they know that they have these uh, vehicle, they know that they have these upcoming maintenances, um, you know, I can plan a load around it where I end up back home or at the oil shop that I like. And I feel like that has to be kind of almost like next level advantageous to everyone involved because it just allows you to plan for it so much easier. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think the the other byproduct of that is it really reduces the return trips. So oftentimes when people bring in for the standard maintenance, that's what they do because that's what they're told to do. But there's looming problems in the background, right? And so it's like, hey, we see this and we have different you know ways to alert that says, hey, it's low, medium or high severity and things like that. But if there's a medium severity, and you don't check it because you don't have the predictive, that truck is easily able to come back within a week, right? And so now it's down twice. And so what we aim to do with a, with a predicted program is not just, hey, what's on fire today, but what's in the background? And if I see this truck in here for something different, right? It could be nothing like, hey, I just got to get new tires. It has nothing to do with the engine. It's not going to have a breakdown. You're just getting new tires. It's worth it while it's in the shop to say, hey, what's kind of looming out there, right? I don't have a bunch of fault codes or it's not showing a ton of problems. But man, if I can nip that in the bud while it's already here, that produces, you know, a huge ROI and efficiencies. Oh, absolutely. Because you can see trucks like pulled over on the side of the road because they've had an engine malfunction or insert problem that went wrong here. Um, And I feel like if you can just be like, oh, you're getting new tires. Well, let's just go ahead and take care of this really quick. It's not a big deal. We can do it while we do the tires. Your truck's only out of service one day. That also reduces the amount of time that that truck is sat there on the side of the highway because something went wrong and now you have to fix it um, because absolutely no one at no one at any point in time in the supply chain likes getting that phone call of oh the truck broke down on the side of the highway they're waiting for a tow um the tow truck companies do yeah oh tow, tr- <laughs> tow, tow truck companies are like no stop they, doing this we want they we don't like work. me tow truck companies <laughs> don't like predictive maintenance that's bad for their business but I, I I feel like that's to be really helpful because, you know, you're not going to that way. If you're a broker, you don't have to call your shipper saying like, hey, uh, sorry about you, but it's, you know, it's stuck on the side of the road or in for temperature controlled shippers. Hope the reefer has enough gas to sustain the tow like that is or get a recovery in there. That is that that's like everybody's worst nightmare, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, the downstream, the trickle-down impact, the domino effect of a breakdown is is tremendous, right? Especially when we're talking about cold chain and supply, you know, deliveries and um, depending on which time of year, busy weekends, all that stuff. That's catastrophic when you're on the side of the road. So I guess when it comes to this data that this uh, that the the predictive maintenance sensors and everything collect, 
um, what kind of, um, how do you kind of know what to do with that data when you come in and you get it? And um, how does that kind of leverage that data analytics and the sensor technologies to even detect those problems? Yeah, so what we do is we'll, we'll ingest the data and the data can come from a variety of sources, right? And I think that's one thing I'd like to expand on a little bit is there's more and more data coming through different providers, even if it's from different um, different sensors and technologies. For instance, you know, a tire pressure company, an engine reefer company might be setting temperature things, but to the TSP now, which is a little bit new. So like a geotab or a platform size, they'll share that data and then that data can be brought in. So you don't need to necessarily have you know, data coming from six different places, like the consolidation has taken a lot of, a lot of progress in the last you know, year or two. And so that's one place to start. But the data, when you ingest it, it's, it's using a lot of historical looking for trends. So, you know, what's, what's nice is you don't necessarily say, Hey, the engine temperature for this truck should be no, no higher than 225. If that truck while constantly runs at a certain temperature, then that's okay. We wouldn't fire necessarily something that says it because that truck has a historical thing where it's, hey, it's maybe in hot conditions or it has heavy lows. Like that's not a huge thing. It'll normalize. But what we look for is those trends and those spikes and anomalies that say, hey, there's something going on here um, more than just a fault code or maybe there may not be any fault codes if it's sensor related. So it's worth taking a look at. And then you kind of categorize them low, medium, high to really help help the fleet understand, is this something I need to look at today because it could break tomorrow? Or do I have a little bit of time? I know I'm seeing that truck next week. I'll, I'll get to it next week. I like that. It kind of gives that like that threat level. And it's like, you know, this is something that is a very big problem you need to assess now. And this is something else that, you know, it can, it can wait. It can wait. Kind of like when you go take your car in for an oil change and they're like, hey, you know, in the near future, you should replace your tires or you might need to, you know, change your fluids, um, but it's not super crucial at this moment in time. They have all like the pictures of what everything looks like and you're like, okay, well, I got the thing I needed to get done. I'll see you. I'll see you later for the other one. And how often people see their trucks and what their operations are dictates a lot of that, right? If you see your yeah. truck every day, it comes back to a depot and you have 24-7 mechanic shifts and things like that, your systemization and how you prioritize is going to be a little bit different than over the road. We may not see that truck for another, you know, week or two weeks or things like that. So the individual fleet operation and you know how they deliver and what they deliver, things like that, plays into the maintenance strategy, and that's where the the predictive can kind of fit in where it needs to in that process, right? It's not a well, one size fits all. Like, hey, if you get this, you should do this. No, because it's not feasible all the time, right? And so the 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 predictive is really good technology, but it's got to slot into the right avenue in your existing process today. It's not trying to create a new one. It's trying to enhance your existing. So for those shippers or brokers or um, carriers that are managing temperature controlled freight, why is predictive maintenance absolutely crucial? Because we touched on it a little bit before with, you know, trucks getting stuck on the side of the road. But, um, you know, it's more for just than it's more it's used for more than just your engine. Um, it's so basically like, why is it super, super crucial for those that are in the temperature controlled freight business? Yeah. The value of the load can, can swing pretty drastically. If you have a spoiled load, you're done, right? Like that's a huge, huge impact. Whereas somebody that's hauling wheat, you know, the wheat may get there a week late, but it's still wheat, right? It's still good. It's still usable. That's not the same with milk, right? And so I think just the overall impact. And then we understand most of the people that are in the, the beverage distribution and food and things like that, those are private um, fleets. And so they have a lot of brand recognition. They have a lot of names. They're on the side of the truck. It's terrible to see your company kind of broke down on the side and then you're not delivering it to the store. 
you're going to lose that shelf space. You're no longer the front and center. You're going to be at the bottom, you know, so there's a lot of trickle down impacts if you're not being reliable as an organization. So brand recognition, the spoil of the load, and then the triple down impact to your end customers could be huge. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, we've talked about it before on other pre-past episodes. And also uh, it's something that Grace and I talk about a lot on, Sir- on Sirius XM is, you know, what happens with a load when it gets rejected from the receiver. And so especially with food products, you know, it might not be uh, like you might have a little bit of lettuce spoiled or you might have part of a, a load spoiled, but it can still technically be consumed. So it gets donated. Well, if you, you know, are broke down on the side of the highway, then what are you going to do with an entire, you know, trailer full of ice cream that has since melted and is a hot sticky mess all over your car? You have to, or not your car, your trailer. So like, it's kind of that double-edged sword of, okay, well, now you already are getting, you already have claims on the load and it's very clearly not going to work in your favor since, you know, your equipment was the one to fail, uh, which obviously is beyond control, but still it, it broke down. And then you have to find a way to dispose of it. And then you have to get like a washout upon washout to get all of the sticky ice cream out. And um, it's let's just say it's the summertime and now it stinks and it is horrible. So <laughs> it's a compounding it's, problem for sure. It is. Um, and so I feel like when you have that, just to know that, you know, I have a higher chance of this not happening just by placing a couple sensors places and, um, you know, really taking an investment in you know, my, my carriers, my equipment, everything like that, where, um, you know, for everyone's benefit, we can reduce the amount of times that you're going to see, um, you know, that carrier on the side of the road. Cause it's always a joke that we have, um, in my family is, uh, there's a, there's certain carriers who are broke down on the side of the highway a lot. And so we have a certain joke about it. We'll shy away from that one. Exactly. We're not trying to put anyone on blast, but those of you who frequent the highways know, know, know who they are. So I guess when it comes, this is something that you talked about earlier that, um, with, so when the, with the challenges that come with it. So if you pop an error message and you're in the middle of nowhere, um, how do you kind of assess and deal with those challenges as that comes up? Yeah. So each, each company will, will operate a little bit different. And, and what we try and do is say, all right, so if you don't have our technology, you don't have anything predictive, what happens when the guy breaks down or what happens when he calls when an engine light is, what is your existing process today? Right. And, and I'll, and I'll kind of flip it on its head. We have, we had a customer we were talking to just last week and we were talking about how they use the system and things like that. And they said, listen, our drivers, as soon as the dash light comes on, they call our breakdown office and say, the dash light's on, are we going to break down what's going on? And oftentimes they'll use uptake to go in and go, no, there's nothing wrong with the system. It's a very low level. It's a fault code. Don't worry about it. Right. So it goes both ways. It's not just about you know, trying to make sure stuff doesn't break. It's also about calling nerves of drivers and saying, hey, no, your truck's fine. You're going to be home in four days. We'll fix it then. But it's it's a low level thing, right? So it's it's a little bit of a, of a, of a peace of mind there. On the flip side, it is, you know, okay, this is a serious problem. You're in the middle of, you know, Oklahoma. You're not supposed to go anywhere, you know, else past this. They'll then try and find a, a Pair shop or a dealer network somewhere close by to take it and say, hey, you're 50 miles away from here, right? And so it's still, that's that kind of where I talk about inserting this into the process is if your breakdown department has and knows about the technology of predictive maintenance, things like that, they can then make some decisions and say, hey, I got to route you somewhere, right? Like I know it's inconvenient, but it's better than being on the side of the road. You got to go 40 miles east and there's a, there's a, you know, a, a dealer repair network right there for you. 
And so it's finding that and, and making the adjustments, but you do need qualified technicians. A lot of people are having virtual technicians and breakdown centers and things like that. So people that used to work in the shop, maybe they're, you know, getting ready for retirement, they're moving into this. They understand the data that's coming off the trucks really well. And so if you can insert that person in the process to talk to the driver and say, hey, here's threat level critical, you know, low, things of that nature, if they can interpret the data, that's just as valuable as somebody that can work on valuable as somebody that can work on the truck themselves. And oftentimes those people come from, you know, wrenching on on vehicles for 20, 30 years and it's time and they can move into a virtual technician, which really helps this process a lot. That has to be really beneficial, not only for like the driver perspective, but if you go to a, you know, a repair shop and you might have a newer tech that's not familiar with an error code, you know, you would have that person that's got maybe 30 years experience to be like, oh, no, you just go here, loosen this, do this, change this, and you're done. That has to be really beneficial also for like the maintenance techs if they're kind of lost and they're like, I've never worked on this equipment before. How do I handle it? That has to be extremely, you know, beneficial. The software and the people combined is powerful. So, you know, recommended actions on what to do comes with the software and predictive maintenance. And, you know, it's really, really helpful. But but yes, having that that go-to person to, to be able to, to call on and ask for guidance as you hire younger technicians. And then I think what it also does is it provides career passing, right? We always talk about driver shortage. There's a real mechanic shortage as well. And so if you're an organization that says, hey, not only do we have you know, the, the in-house mechanics that are working on the trucks, look at this career path. You know, there is, there is ways to get into a virtual tech so you can get off your back and get into a chair um, and things like that. So it's, it's really nice for companies to establish a long-term vision of saying, hey, I'll take care of you, right? Like, you don't have to be, you know, fixing these things for a long time. You stick with us and we'll, we'll help you grow. That is something I didn't even think about where, you know, mechanics, they, they need a career path and that's a job that's very hard on your body. So, you know, to be able to know that, you know, I put in my time and then I go and I move where maybe it's better hours or I just don't have to be on my back getting oil under my fingers every single day, coming home just covered in random auto fluids. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 we, we think of this technology as really helpful on both the driver side and the, and the mechanic side, right? A driver, Obviously, he's not going to stick around with the company very long if he's in a truck that's breaking down quite often, right? So maintenance is a leading, you know, driver of employee retention and driver retention. So it helps on that side. And then you give your mechanics good tools. I think historically, and been in the industry for as long as I have, the maintenance side has always been kind of data, but the the solutions hasn't quite been there, right? And so the the practices are a little bit antiquated. We see a lot of whiteboards. We see a lot of spreadsheets still of people saying, hey, this is what it says. I need to, I'm not going to touch this truck until, you know, three weeks from now. And so I think what you're seeing is the investment in technology. Now there's data. It's like, okay, we can actually put a solution together with the data, not just data, right? Everybody talks about, hey, there's, there's a lot of data out there. There is, right? But how do you use it effectively? And that's where I think predictive maintenance is headed. I think, um, so when it comes to like, if I'm a fleet owner and I'm going, or if I'm a shipper, and I want to, you know, make sure that, you know, trucks are, you know, staying um, serviced. Is it is it expensive to implement this technology into a truck? Like, do you have to get all new trucks or is it just something as simple as kind of buying a few things, putting it in next time you have the, you're getting tires changed and then you're good to go? Like, basically, is it is our, is it an investment of we're buying all trucks, new trucks for everyone or just we're buying some kits and putting them in as we get to them? Yeah, no, most of the data comes from the aftermarket providers. So we're, we're you know, it's it's a low lift 
Um, as an example, Uptake, we are a pure software company. So there's nothing to install. We use the, the, everything that's already installed on the truck itself. And so we'll take those data feeds, whether it's from a tire pressure management company, whether it's from a, tele, uh, you know, a, a Telemax service provider, whether it's from the OEM directly, we have relationships that say, hey, just stream the data to us. We just need to ingest it. And then I'm going to turn around and spit out some good insights for you. So uh, love being in the, in the software business um, without the hardware to touch. There's a lot of good experts that do that, right? There's sensor manufacturers. There's really good companies. There's good data that's out there. We just want the data. I don't want to touch a truck physically. I want to touch it through APIs. So basically what you're saying is any, almost any truck out there on the road right now could 100% have this predictive maintenance tool. And it's just a matter of getting everything set up with you guys. You don't have to go in and put like sensors and engines and mess with anything. Just it already, it already exists. You just have to flip the switch. It already exists. And so the relationships between who, you know, who has the data and how to get it to us, that's always going to add some layer of complexity. Um, but we've been around long enough in the business where we have, you know, quite a few of the, the integrations needed. And that's the, I don't say that's the easy part, but that's not the most complex part of a solution like this is setting up a data feed between two companies. That's relatively low lift. It's, Hey, what is the fidelity of the data? What is the frequency of the data? Because in predictive, you can't just get like a one sample size a day of an engine tip. Right, like if you sell it to me at twelve o'clock every day once a day, that doesn't really do me any good, right? Like I need it at a high fidelity, high frequency to say, hey, there's a spike. We get this a lot with like engine coolants, right? Um, drivers are notorious for topping it off if the engine coolant level gets low. They'll put in some more and things like that, but it could be leaky, right? And so if they're topping it off, they may not tell you all the time back at the shop that they're topping this off every time they get to a truck stop. That may solve the coolant leak problem for a short term, but it's leaking. So that means it could be corroding other wires. It could be corroding other things in the system, uh, in the vehicle and stuff like that to where it's causing a downstream issue. The driver thinks it's good because he's just topping off the fluid, right? Topping off the fluid doesn't show any real fault codes. It doesn't alarm the office. Predictive what? Predictive would see that, hey, there's a lot of spikes and kind of, uh, you know, anomalies in the data. And that's when we'd alert it. They'd call the driver and say, oh, yeah, no, I top it off every time. That's not great, right? Like, we need to fix the problem, not just put a Band-Aid on it. That's where it's like you get the up and down, up and down, up and down. And you're like, man, what, what is this? What's going on out there? Like, yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, no, I'm topping it up. And you're like, okay. But you can imagine in a large fleet, that's hard to detect. Right. Like you're not sorting through data. You're not sorting through those individual data points unless they get surfaced to you. Right. And so that's where the, the predictive comes in is saying, hey, prioritize. We think there's a problem over here. Go investigate it. And there could be solutions that saying, you know, hey, that's not totally accurate. There's a reason why it has that spike. Great. At least we've alerted it and brought it to your attention. So then you can still make the final decision of what to do. I absolutely love that. Um, I think it's just, you know, we love, I love, I'm a big fan of data and any insights that you can get because you can't always ask a truck engine, like, how's it going? Are you, are you okay? Do you feel like you're going to have a breakdown soon? Uh, cause it's not going to respond. Correct. Correct. It'll give you warning signs. It'll try and be telling you, but it, it doesn't come out right and say, it, yeah. So we are almost out of time today, but there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Is cereal considered a soup? Cereal considered a soup? I'm going to go with no. But more importantly, I'm going to ask you a reverse question. Is a hot dog considered a sandwich? 
I have so no one has asked this to me on this show, and I like it. For those who do not know, check call. We end the we end the story or we end the interview with is a hot dog a sandwich, and I am team. A hot dog is not a sandwich because when you go to a deli, you don't see a ham, you don't see a hot dog sandwich as one of the options. You might see like a nice Italian, you might see a like a Italian beef, you might see a salami, you might see a ham or a turkey club, but you're not. They're not going to say like a hot dog club. No, it's just not a thing. It's not a thing. So I'm going to say no. A hot dog is not a sandwich, and for the record, cereal is not considered soup either. I agree. Uh, cereal is not a soup. That. T- 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 same thing. You're not going to go to a restaurant and uh, see a soup menu and see a bowl of uh, Cheerios on there. So we're 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 aligned. <laughs> All right. So if anyone wants to slide into your DMs about the um, the cereal as a soup, or if they have any questions on predictive maintenance, or you know need help with it, where can they find you outside the show? Yeah. So uptake.com is is a great place to reach us. We'll be exhibiting at a couple of the large uh, conferences coming up here with Insight uh, in, in September, which is in Las Vegas, and then ATA MCE, uh, which is down in Austin in October. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, just happy to connect, and we'll put you in touch with the right folks. And yeah, definitely look uh, look into the technology. It's some new stuff that's that's really helping a lot of fleets. The ROI is easy. Um, it's quick and, you know, and it's definitely beneficial. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Jim's DMs are open. So slide in. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Mayor. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice here on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.